Hello and welcome to the journalism.co.uk podcast, a show where we bring you insights from media industry experts to help journalists do their job better. I'm your host for today, Camille Dupont. This week, we're talking to the editor of The Herald in Scotland, Catherine Salmon. She's the first female editor of the paper in its 239 years history. Catherine says that industry changes and homeworking during the pandemic have not only enabled her to get to this role, but have also brought up more flexibility for all parents, a definite step forward toward levelling the playing field. Her appointment follows a tumultuous year, as NewsQuest, the Herald's parent company, planned to make the six-person features team redundant before backing down in April following the threats of strike actions. As the paper blows its 240th candle this year, Catherine is focused on the future and keeping the publication relevant to today's readers while broadening its audience and publishing more diverse voices. Six months in, we talk about how internal restructuring and new columnists are just the tip of the iceberg of changes that are underway to weather the economic clouds ahead and make the Herald the best news title in Scotland. That's all coming up, so don't go anywhere. Hi, Catherine. Welcome on the podcast. Hello. So, I know you have a little fact you want everyone to know about. <laughs> it's not so much I want everybody to know about it, but just when we were discussing there, a fun fact about me. It's more a fact about me that I suppose I would just like to stress to listeners. I'm Catherine Salmond, but I'm not, not related to uh, Alex Salmond, who um, our, our former First Minister of, of Scotland. We are no relation. Very well. Let's go and jump right in. After 239 years of existence, you became the first female editor of The Herald last year. You said in a video announcement of your appointment that being the first female editor of The Herald is just a fact, but that you understand the significance it may have for others. Could you tell me a bit more about that? Yes, I think what I meant by that, um, and I stand by it, I think it's quite a, a sad reflection on the industry that it it took 239 years to have a, a female editor at the, the Herald, which is, of course, the longest running national newspaper in the in the world. So if you think of, you know, what the teams of journalists here have covered over that time, there has never been a woman leading any of, of that. So to me, that's quite startling. So it's an absolute privilege and an honour to, to lead the Herald. That is an absolute given but it is to me just a fact that I am uh, a woman I hope that I got the job for my merits and not for any novelty factor on that front so for me it's what I do from here and what I bring and what meaningful change I deliver at the Herald that's what matters to me most so while it definitely is and I know it is a, a big deal for particularly some younger females, ones that I know to to see a, a female editor. It's a you know it's the whole the whole cliche, which isn't actually a cliche. If you cannot see it, you can't be it. I, I only ever had one female editor in my my career, and there was always something in me that thought, why why aren't there more? What happens at a certain point? What is the barrier? Which I have lots of opinions on that, but that's not for, for going into now. So 
having the change and being able to see, oh, right, okay, right, you can, you, you, you can go on, things are changing behind the scenes is great, but I would much rather be a success. Time will, will tell on that than, than just the appointment. Do you actually want to get into uh, that part? Well, 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 I can. I absolutely can. I mean, I'm a, a female editor. I have three children under 10. So definitely flying the flag for um, worn out mothers. I can, uh, can definitely say that. Um, from what I have seen over the years, children is the biggest issue. Lots of female reporters, lots of female desk heads. And then a certain point comes where children are introduced and the demands that are placed upon parents on childcare and all of those things that we know um, and are widely spoken about. In the past, that definitely formed a, a problem for women. And I have seen lots of hugely talented female journalists, hugely talented female desk heads, have to, to step aside because there wasn't a flexibility. I think that is changing. I have felt the change. I've seen the change. In some ways, I I am the change. I would not have had this job if it hadn't been for COVID. I think the lockdown and the homeworking, which has led to a hybrid working model, has changed absolutely everything for women. So for me, it allows an element of juggling and an appreciation that that can be done and you can be a productive editor in my case and hopefully a productive mother. Only time will tell on that. Um, But more importantly, not just for women, for men. I see far more men now being able to say, I just need to stop for half an hour because I have to pick up a kid. That what would not have been done 15 years ago in this industry. You just did not see men do that. It wouldn't have been acceptable. It just wasn't something that was seen. So now I am seeing it and seeing the benefits of it. And I think hybrid workings brought some problems that we need to address in terms of particularly younger reporters not being exposed enough to busy newsrooms where they can learn and they can be enriched from the talent around them. That's another topic, but it has definitely um, opened up doors for for men and women. And I've seen that. I see it. I see it every day. What has surprised you the most since you started at the Herald? Now Oof. it's you've been a, you've been in the job for quite a few months. So what, yeah, so what's your... start, yeah, sorry, I started in September, so it's just coming up to six months. There's lots that surprise me that I probably cannot say on this podcast, um, but <laughs> I have been incredibly surprised, pleasantly surprised. I knew that the team here was talented. I knew that there was there were great writers here, great photographers, great digital and print production brains here, but I have definitely been um, blown away by the extent of, of some of it. So that's been a, a, a lovely surprise. And now it's really up to me to to shape my my newsroom, which we are well underway with doing to to meet the demands that the that the industry is placing on us at the moment, and to make sure that these talented people are getting the best shot. So, where would you say are the challenges you're 
currently facing or that you can see uh, quite clearly in the future yeah. <laughs> that you're going to have to address? Uh, economic headwinds are widely publicized. So if we just take at the Herald, we obviously have our digital offering. We have our print production, our print offering, sorry. On the print front, the simple cost of of printing is is up an enormous amount. The paper and the energy costs that go into producing a paper is challenging. Uh, we have had to address that with some price increases, um, regrettably. So again, widely acknowledged, widely known that we are managing the decline of print across the, the whole of the country, trying to keep that as steady as possible. On the other side, rapidly bring meaningful change to our digital offering. So for me, the challenges on that is our sustainable subscriptions model. Hugely exciting, but definitely not a quick and easy fix. So those are my two. Print, falling and expensive, and online really needing to, to grow. As an editor, how have you found to work on the business and editorial and sort of having to manage both sides at such a crucial time for your publication, but also in, in, in these challenges that you're currently describing? So I would say that I'm incredibly fortunate here at the Herald, um, which is part of the, the NewsQuest team, to have an incredibly supportive um, management structure around me. Um, and I think that's really key to our whole success is collaboration, which comes from the very top of the company, you know, right down to the to the to the newsroom. So from the very top, I do have the support for us to to sit together and and admit where we're stumped, what we don't know, what we're going to do about that. But that energy and enthusiasm is is real for, for me and a, a huge support, a huge sense of support. Right down as well to to where I am with with my reporters that we we come together to to talk, to to come up with ideas, to to experiment. Absolutely key. So let's summarize. Flexible working has enabled parents, especially mothers, to keep climbing up the editorial career ladder. It has even enabled our guest to land her job. Catherine has also seen how all parents are benefiting from this change, with more fathers using flexible working to share childcare responsibilities. She took over the Herald in the middle of a cost of living crisis, meaning the publication faces an increase in the cost of printing, adding to an already pressurized landscape with declining circulation numbers across the board. So while not giving up on print, which she says is still a valued product, the focus of the team is also reinforced on building a strong online product and finding new audiences. Next, Catherine tells us about the future of the Herald and why new voices are essential to her plan. You said you wanted to make it the best news title in Scotland. What, what are you doing to, to take the publication there? Okay, so behind the scenes there are, there's a, a lot of restructuring going on. That does not mean job losses. I will stress that. It means getting the right people in the right roles to deliver um, in the areas that, that we need them in. I'm confident that I have those teams in place now for us to move forward. So to make sure that we produce the best print product that we can produce and also offer the best 
online product that that we can produce. So very keen to to shift the narrative a little bit. Um, over the years, I've heard it an awful lot. You know, print's dead. Print's dead. It's a really demoralizing thing to hear in a newsroom, um, especially when print brings in so so much of our revenue. So for me, it's a very clear message to my team that we are one team. We produce two different things each day and we're going for that. We are absolutely maintaining the the best in, in both of those. So a lot of time spent on both, but not a, a waiting on, on either to, to suggest the importance of, of one over the other. So a lot of foundation building in, in that respect, I have introduced some new columnists to the Herald since I started. So really pleased with what I've been able to do there. So we have the award-winning journalist, Danny Garavelli, um, who needs very little introduction. She's one of the, the best journalists in, in the country. So I worked with her at Scotland on Sunday, where I was before, and then managed to, to get her over here now. So that was a, <laughs> that was a, big, a big win for us. And, and she brings, for, for people who are maybe not familiar with um, the sort of granular detail of what she does, just brings a, an enormity of quality and measure and entertaining writing and a passionate voice for people who who don't have the power to to make their voice heard so she is a champion for the underdog and she is highly critical of our politicians when they when they need to to be on the receiving end of that as well so just a, a just a wonderful writer really pleased to have her also have the award-winning author, Kerry Hudson. So she is author of, well, she wrote her autobiography, Lowborn. She's also done a number of fiction um, offerings as well, including Thirst. Highly recommend both of these books. So she is Scottish. She now lives in Glasgow. She's been in Europe for a while now. She's also a, a lecturer at Glasgow University. Um, so she offers, again, a breadth of writing and she comes from it from a slightly different angle to what the Heralds perhaps had before and often looks for sort of solutions as opposed to the the misery that we all know is out there that a lot of readers are avoiding in news. And then I've also been absolutely thrilled to be able to get the Scottish Journalist of the Year, Daniela Tees. She has won that award for the last two years. She is on our books as well as a, as a regular weekly columnist. So from Daniela, she offers a younger and fresher voice originally she's from germany so she offers a slight different take on on scotland as well um really feel obviously she's she's finding her feet in 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 journalism in a way that that danny garavelli has well established but nurturing that talent in daniela matters to me as well you know we we have a lot of talent in, in the country and I would like it all. So I have taken Daniela and intend to keep her. So she's she's one of them. So three columnists, uh, a structure, a bit of a morale change here. I think that would be fair to say. And mm -hmm. the foundations of a team that I hope trust me, probably a lot different as an editor to perhaps what's come before, not just because I'm a female, just have a slightly different style to things, perhaps a bit more of a, 
a direct approach and a hands-on approach to to a lot of it. So it's six months in, we've achieved a lot, but there's a, a long way to go. What transpired as I talked to Catherine is how much people are at the centre of the strategy by bringing new voices and nurturing them, but also offering different perspectives. That's true with columnists, journalists, but also on the business side. She explains how much she values collaboration from the top with management to the newsroom with her reporters and how this change in this paradigm means making communicating and experimenting with new ideas central to their way of working and future plans. One of the changes already implemented is bringing new columnists in, from well-established and award-winning journalists to some less expected new voices. This brought us nicely to the topic of lack of diversity in the media across the UK, of which Scotland is not immune. Catherine stresses the importance of having writers who reflect the Scots, including those who may not have had the opportunity to contribute until now. This also ensures that journalism is seen as a variable career path. We'll also discuss how not taking the success of the publication for granted, but looking for innovative ways to find new audiences is the key to continue for another 240 years. I'd like to go back to what you were saying about the different voices. What are you doing yourself to promote more diverse voices and new voices in, in your paper, in, in general, in, in journalism? Yes. So Daniela, I suppose, is a she she wouldn't have been you wouldn't have had a younger female voice like that years ago at the Herald. It, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have chimed with what was going on. So very keen to bring younger perspectives on on life in Scotland, incredibly keen to try to reflect Scots, you know, who who is living in Scotland, what what are their thoughts and challenge their viewpoints, reinforce their viewpoints, uh, make them laugh from time to time with, you know, refreshing content, really make them make them think. So Daniela's just really a, a starting point in what perhaps is a, a break from from the past. We have a, a long way to go to bring true true diversity and and trying to work more with some of the universities and colleges as well to reach out to to different groups um we have a huge chinese community in glasgow at the moment through through our student population and that is another area that i'm really keen to to tap into so we have a lot to do as i say the the content plan that we're working on is in some ways in its infancy just because of the time that i've been here for but it's impossible to reflect Scotland if your newsroom isn't reflective of of Scotland. I think everybody would would recognise that in whichever newsroom that they they work in. So it's a priority. It's a challenge as well. I think for younger journalists coming through, we have seen difficulties in getting a true diverse mix. I think there's a lot to to work on. I have had some discussions with some university lecturers about this. I haven't come to any firm conclusions, but having to sort of sell journalism as a proper career with a career path to to some people is perhaps harder than than we appreciate. So an awful lot to do there as well. Gosh, I've got a long list of things to do, haven't I? <laughs> you do. <But> yes. <laughs> You've got your work cut out, so you? do. A big, a big to-do list. Um, just to pick up on that, you you're saying to sell the jobs of journalist as a as a proper career path. Do you think that's partly because of the way journalism has been perceived and the changes in security and remuneration, maybe? 
Yeah, it it could be. It could absolutely be that, and it could also be that you know, if you're from a a community that doesn't see yourself reflected in whether it's the the Scottish media, the British media, it might just not feel somewhere that that you can even begin to identify with. You know, where would I fit into that? What what would my place be in that? Again, there's more that needs to be to be done to be done on that. But yes, I suppose at the moment we all know that there's challenges in the industry, particularly within within local news. It doesn't look like an appetising career, perhaps to some people. I would say it's the best job in the world to be a journalist, but it's it's a lot of work for at the start. You know, the pay the pay isn't always reflective of that. So yeah, I'm not sure, but I am keen to to try to find out. Now I'd like to talk to you about the partnership you have with the ferret that you're continuing and the work that they've been doing, like who owns Urban Scotland, uh, which is a fascinating piece of journalism. Why is it important to keep that partnership running? Okay, so the ferret's uh, uh, a great investigative team based here in Glasgow. And yes, I've inherited uh, the partnership with with them but I would definitely have sought it out myself um, had that not been the case so you know we've won awards with with the ferret and it's phenomenal so again it's down to that you know sort of two heads are better than one type of approach the collaboration so we come up with with topics to look at for proper investigative um, series and you know their team work with us they go away and, and do a lot of it uh, and, and we complement that in, in, in different ways. I, I think the reasons that I will definitely be keeping going is that the, the journalism is, is delivering on results. You know, we know in terms of um, what type of content is likely to make somebody subscribe when we look at the sort of the data that that we analyze a lot, big reads investigations um, are are right up there. So it's it's already delivering for us on subscriptions. It is unique content. I mean, it ticks every single box that that we all um, we all want to be ticking. It also offers just something that that nobody else is doing. And I think it is a bit of an envy in some parts of the Scottish media that, that we have this. So yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful, it's also really good fun to come up with great ideas and, um, and see the results come together over three days. What we can do with it in print is different to what we can do with it um, online in terms of particularly through, through a lot of the video stuff that we could do with them. So yes, really keen for that to continue. Just to, to finish, maybe, what do you think is the reason behind the longevity of the Herald? Well, so the Herald, it's just really part of, of the fabric of Scottish society. It, um, you know, it formed as America was forming. It has been through every event from a Scottish to a British to a a global level throughout those 240 40 years. So January the 27th was our, you know, anniversary date. And, and this year, I think, to, to answer your question, you know, when we're, we're looking back through a lot of our 
archives and readers are getting in touch with us to to say you know what the herald's meant to them or you know we can see for ourselves how the herald has done its job in not only just reporting the news and and bringing uh, you know every other aspect of what you'd expect from a newspaper but bringing about change actually delivering results for for communities and for for the country it is clear however that's us looking back and the key message for for this anniversary year is to to celebrate that heritage and to to enjoy it but not to take it for granted and really to look forward in terms of we are custodians of this title we've had 240 years of success and that's not to be to be taken for granted it's quite something when you when you stop and think about that but where are we going and where am i going as the um, editor in the 240th year so it's a it's a lot of responsibility there's a huge amount of pride and respect for the herald but it has to to be maintained in in this era that we're in we're in now so we can, we can do it you know if you if you look back over the history of the herald and the changes that the industry have had to address particularly from that sharp end of the the change from print to digital the the teams here can can do it and we are doing it so so yeah why have we been so good because our teams have been so good they've been innovative they've been talented they've been creative and the public has has been supportive of that they have wanted the herald to be part of the as i say the fabric of scottish society but we can't take that for granted now and as i said before our biggest challenge the the herald has predominantly been you know it's broadsheet newspaper we have to replace the the numbers of print readers and transfer that to to the digital offering for us to to have a, perhaps another 240 years who knows thank you catherine it was a pleasure to have you on the podcast thank you my thanks to Catherine for this insightful conversation. The anniversary of the publication seems to be a turning point for the Herald, taking on the successes and lessons of its history to move forward in spite of current challenges. Catherine's approach to putting people at the centre of changes, encouraging, experimenting with new ways, new topics, always new voices, is a breath of fresh air in what has been a complicated few months in the media between redundancies and publications closing down. Again, the importance of diversity in the media is brought up and here is clearly highlighted as a key to reach new audiences digitally, making it central to future-proofing the publication. What did you take from today? I'd love to know what you learned from this conversation. Get in touch. I'm on Twitter on Common. You can check out all our episodes on all your usual podcast platform, SoundCloud, Spotify and Apple Podcasts, by searching and subscribing to the journalism.co.uk podcast. But that's all we have time for this week. I've been your host, Camille Dupont. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.